This is Sports and Torts with David Spada and Elliot Harris on TalkZone.com. Elliot, you know you do a good show when your producer is smiling on the other side of the glass. Dave Olson smiles every once in a while. Well, when we get top-level guests. When I told him we were going to get Jim Brown, he looked at me and goes, have fun. And then he came in and goes, I can't believe you guys got 27 minutes with Jim Brown. And it was phenomenal. And we did have fun. We did. I mean, Gail Sears we had earlier this year in studio, and he was phenomenal. We got him to open up for 30 minutes. We're kind of like the Oprah Winfrey of uh, podcasting. I'll have to think that one over for a while. I'm not sure that's where we want to go with this. But, you know, if we could be half as financially successful, I wouldn't mind it. But I, I don't. when I think of the big O, I'll, I'll think of Oscar Robertson rather than Oprah Winfrey. We'll have to get him back again when we have him actually in studio where we could actually hear him a little better than when we had him. Yeah. Well, we've had Oscar on the show. We've had a lot of great guests on the show. Yeah, no one's really turned us down, very few, except for uh, Sandy Koufax. I don't think he does too many interviews. When I told him we've interviewed 120 Hall of Famers, he says, well, I guess you're going to get stuck at 120. <laughs> I said, thanks, Sandy. Nice talking to you. And we got a Rocky Calvito coming up uh, next week. Depending upon where you're listening to this in the cyberspace or watching this. yeah, We've got great guests in, in the past. We have great guests in the future. It's a, a fun show. Hope people out there are enjoying it a fraction as much as you and I are. So who's on next, Ellie? Who's on first? Who's on second? No, no, no. It's who's in the pitching circle. We have softball legend Jenny Finch, who previously played for the University of Arizona, as I'm sure you're well aware, being a, a softball aficionado, as you no doubt are. Also pitched for the Chicago Bandits of National Pro Phys- the National Pro Fast Pitch League, also uh, pitched in the Olympics, I believe won a gold medal in 2008, uh, retired from softball, came back to the Chicago area recently, had her number retired by the Chicago Bandits at the ballpark in Rosemont, and we were able to be part of a very small group of people to interview the lovely and talented Jenny Finch. That's the joys of no longer having to go out on the field day in and day right. out, right? right. <laughs> I don't know, I indulged in those in my playing days too. So. <laughs> um, Jenny, the, one big question that's been on my mind since they broke ground last year, mm-hmm. and, and, and nobody knew what was going to, you know, what this was going to look like as you came into the groundbreaking. Do you ever have been back your brain like, oh man, I, I should have waited another year? Does that ever occur to you? Do you ever have conflicting feelings about retiring when you did? No, no. And Bill and I walked the grounds earlier today, and he was just like, Jenny, you don't know how badly I wanted this for you, and this place is supposed to be built for you. And I was like, you know, I'm like, Bill, this is awesome. It's so amazing to see, and I, you know, I'm just so glad we have it, and it all is coming you know, into play, and the puzzles are all being put together and at the perfect time, and, you know, this facility is one of the best that I've ever seen, and it's a dream come true for the Bandits to have a stadium such as this and, you know, for Rosemont to provide uh, the stadium. So, you know, I still stop it. Enough of that. It's here, and let's celebrate the fact that it is here, and I'm just happy to be able to come back and be a small part of it and 
you know, I, I said, then I wouldn't have diesel. And he was like, oh, you still would have had diesel for the youngest son. Because he said, you know, you should have just played one more year and you could have had it. Yeah. And I said, well, I wouldn't have had diesel then, so it wouldn't have been worth it, I promise. I'd rather diesel, so. Well, he should have built it a year earlier. I know. Right? Then, well, he said that about 50 times out there. <laughs> <laughs> I wish it was done for you. This was just be all for you, you know, for you to be able to play. And I said, well, you've yeah. done more than enough. And you haven't been able to get out. You didn't get out here at all that year. I didn't, no. I had my son you in June. June. Honestly, yeah. So with the birth of my second son, obviously pregnancy not traveling, so it's a little crazy. I would like to, unfortunately. I just I made it out to Sulphur, actually, um, for the playoffs. So yeah. that was the first time that I saw the team play last time. Um, I don't want to hog. Uh, you've been an ambassador for the game since, since you were in college, pretty much, um, but now in a much different way. Um, can you talk about that transition, what it's been like to be making you know, appearances instead of pitching, and is there, is there anything that surprised you about that? It's been, it's been such a blessing to be able to stay so in touch with the game, even though I'm not playing. And, you know, after retirement, you never know what's going to happen or where your life's going to lead, and I've been blessed to be able to experience it you know, single and then as a wife and then as a mother and, and play the game in all three stages and I feel extremely blessed to have been able to do that and, and now even, you know, the opportunities that are still coming and uh, it's been quite a thrill to um, still be able to, you know, impact young athletes' lives and, and still, you know, try to gain support and help grow our game many players of the game, you know, be on the advisory board for the pro league and uh, still kind of have, you know, um, a little bit of a fingerprint in it, even though I am from afar. Yeah. How old are you now? I'm 31. And a 31-year-old out here trying out during the open tryouts. Uh, yeah. uh, and she said that she never realized it was her dream until circumstances took it away from her. She had mm-hmm. been drafted out of college. Um, and they got sick, and it was after that drafted her, and, and she wasn't able to fill a commitment. That was the goal? Yes, it was. But she lived with me in high school. She was with you in high school? She lived with me in high school, oh, yeah. Gosh, yeah. Yeah, she was from Ohio, and okay. we became family friends. And, yeah. and so I kind of saw her here on the tryout. But she was tying up. Mm-hmm. Stacy May came back last year. Is there any possibility you would come back to play pro softball? Mm-hmm. Why, would that, why would that be? Because you're doing marathons and other things, but you're away from home a lot. Right. Um, I have, um, you know, my career was completely fulfilled, and of course I miss it. I miss competing. I miss the camaraderie. I miss my team teammates. I miss putting on the uniform, but I'm at a happy place, and I just had a sense of peace about my timing, and it was time for me to step away from the game and, you know, venture into new opportunities and. You know, writing my book was a big goal of mine, and uh, and then obviously being a mom and having to kind of do both. I was a constant, I think, tear on the heart. You know, when mm-hmm. I away from my husband, and, but I was still living my dream of playing, so it was constantly, mm-hmm. it was still torn. You know, so I was, we we lived through a lot of that, and not that it wasn't worth every second of it to be able to experience both, but um, it was time. Is it somehow easier for a woman? to walk away from the game because you see athletes in other sports all the time. You know, one, one more game, one more season. and I don't think. I mean, I didn't know how long I was going to play or, 
you know, a lot of people said, why don't you retire after 2008? I just, I knew that I wanted to, you know, help the pro league, and I knew I wanted to play in the world championships, you know, coming off the silver medal in 08, and so I felt like there was more in me, and I just felt like after 2010 that I was at a good place, and I don't know, I think, you know, I still miss it, but I think, you know, the Lord just filled my heart with his peace and sense of readiness, and uh, my heart's been filled with other things, and another baby, and new goals and new challenges, such as the marathon, and um, being a mother of two, writing a book, those things. Yeah, either one of those would be by itself more than enough for most of us. <laughs> and I say it's so much easier retiring when I did than, you know, I look back and, I mean, the athletes that retired 15 years ago, basically you were out of touch, you know, if you didn't live in the same community. But, you know, now with social media, right. I can follow the bandits, I can follow all my USA teammates, I know where they're at, I can stay in touch with them when they're in Japan, and so it's pretty neat to see how technology, I think, too, has helped that transition from retirement. Now you talk about growing the game. What, what will it take for the professional level to expand to where you know some people think it should? It's going to take a lot of funding, a lot of marketing, and marketing takes money. And it, um, it's going to take fans, you know, putting their money where their mouth is, and you know, seeing the College World Series this year break records. It proves the direction that our game's going and the sport's going. Mm-hmm. I think we just need people to come out and support it. Yeah. I mean, it seems like... This is the beginning, you know, with this, our first stadium. And I think that's what it takes. You know, we always talk about serving up a filet mignon on a paper plate. You know, <laughs> and now you have the you know, stadium to serve up those, you know, that amazing talent and, and fill it with yeah. that. And... You know, it's the beginning of giving the fans experiment experience that they want to come back to. And I think we built that at the Bandits over the many years, and the fan base has followed us through many different stadiums and venues. And um, But this is the beginning of, I think, what it's going to take to allow it to succeed. What do you think it's worth in Chicago uh, for seven, or seven years now, is it? And I think that's longer than a lot of the other places that have had teams. Those calls. <laughs> He sacrificed a lot, and I don't think he gets nearly the credit he deserves. He's, you know, first of all, a lot of money, but most importantly, a lot of time and heart and effort, sacrificing just out of pure love of the game. He's well, it's not a business you're going to get in and, and make a lot of money quickly mm-hmm. if, you, if you make money, money at, all. at all. Right. Mm-hmm. And hopefully, eventually, we get there. And I think that's his dream. That was my dream. That's the dream that lies within a lot of us, um, but we're not there yet, and hopefully we will get there. But, but we're, we're moving in that direction. We're seeing ESPN picking up more and more college games every single year, and then if we can you know, build a pro league that you can see those college stars thrive in the, in the professional atmosphere. And I think the big hurdle for a long time was getting the best players, getting those national team players within the league, and now we have the best players in the pro league. And so now it's a matter of, you know, building venues and um, providing a place for them to play. And the consistency is a huge factor, I think. So in a sense, softball being dropped from the Olympics kind of helped in a backdoor way because now there's not that pool for players to be going to Team USA and doing right. that. I don't know. I, I mean, I hate to make that statement. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it, it has allowed the national team members, yes, to be in the professional league, which that was a big hurdle. I think for a long time, is how can you have a professional league and not have the world's best players playing in it? 
Can you talk about the 2020 bid? How do you think that's going to go? I mean, how are you feeling about it right now? Um, it's going to be an uphill battle. You know, it's going to be them basically saying we made a mistake, we want to put it back in. And, and they never say that. No, right, they never make mistakes. No, they don't make mistakes. Unfortunately, you know, as much as I would, I, I'm doing everything I can and supporting it 110%, do I believe it should be there? Yes. Do I believe it never should have been dropped? Yes. Um, but it's going to be an uphill battle. And Don Porter and the International Softball Federation, they're getting their campaign together. And uh, I think right now we're still in the process of like, do we go solo? Do we go with baseball? And a lot of that will determine where it's in notoriety of Major League Baseball would definitely help our cause. So I think it's a, it's a tough decision that needs to be made, but it needs to be made soon so we can obviously start petitioning for our, the movement. One thing that I found, and I've, I've talked with Elliot about this because um, I, was, I was on the, the news staff in Beijing and I was training reporters that were interviewed. I just didn't think it was presented very well. The whole sport was not presented well. I, um, they seemed to be more concerned about who was sitting in the friends and family section than actually encouraging and helping people who attended the game didn't know the game to be able to understand it better. And, um, is, is, is there, has there been that you're aware of any kind of reevaluation of what went wrong at that game to not press? people and create the demand. Well, it was before the games. The vote was in 06. Mm-hmm. So it was well before the Olympic Games in a way that this decision was already made. Okay. So in 06, we knew that 08 was going to be the last game for softball until we get it back in. Um, and, you know, I was, Coach Candrea said the mm-hmm. biggest statement and the most you can do for the game is play it like it's never been played and showcase it to the world to the best of your capabilities. And so, that was us going in and we were so focused on that that we didn't really know what was going on outside of winning, competing. Okay. Are you busier now that you're retired from from the as an active player? Uh, I don't know. It's it's I've been I've been busy, but it's been good. It's been fun. I've been you know American Heart Association, Hershey's, uh, the marathon for Timex. So it's been. Fun new challenges, but it's it's about. I think the tra- training. Obviously, I don't have to train like I did when I played, and then I think just the pressure that you put on yourself for competing. You know, I travel now and I live this crazy life, but it's and I haven't done it before. Right, you still have that. I, I do speak. It's you know, speak, speaking engagements and such, but it's not performing, right. playing, pitching. But you still have that competitive gene as part of your DNA, whether it's. Writing the best book you can, or you know, running the fastest marathon you can, uh, it becomes much more you, you competing against yourself. For sure, and I think just in general, competing every day, you know, especially now being a mother of two and trying to juggle so many different things and traveling, and I think that I still have that torn heart of wanting to be home, but and I know that I'm helping you know provide for my family and encouraging others at the same time, so. But it's just, I think, like any other mom and working parent, you do the best that you can. Now, when your kids are old enough, are you going to be one of those parents screaming at the, the umpire at the ball games <laughs> and things <laughs> like I don't know. We'll, we'll see. It's just like we got his first taste of T-ball. Okay. So they don't keep score yet, which is nice. So we'll see what happens when we get there.
get to that point. Um, having been away from the professional game for about two years now, um, what kind of differences, or do you see any differences in the level of competition that has changed, that has entered into the professional game? How has it changed or hasn't changed from the time you've got to now, from what you've been able to watch on TV and so forth? As far as the caliber of players, or what they're focusing on, or anything? I don't think it's changed very much. I think, you know, a lot of the athletes were still in it that were in it when I was in it. Uh, so, obviously, I think it's it's harder to get athletes to stay in it just because they're told, and do I get a real job? Do I continue playing? And I think that those national team members were able to play for a living and make a go at it. Where now, I think players are figuring out kind of, I don't know if you're going to get the longevity of careers as you had in the past, but we'll see, and hopefully if we keep building and progressing, we'll get there and keep the stars and the faces of the game out there. You think there's more options then for women that are coming up like from college that they don't, if, if they don't go to post softball, like a couple of the famous drafty chose not to? Right. I think it's a matter of starting your real life and getting a job and mm-hmm. with the world world and you know it's tough these, these athletes don't get enough credit for what they do they're playing for the love of the game first of all and not, not that it's not an incredible opportunity and every time I put this jersey on it was an honor no doubt about it um, just to be able to have a place to play and to play mm-hmm. at a high competitive level play professionally was a dream come true and you just have to pinch yourself to think that there is a professional league but go somewhere for three months out of the year and give up everything and they're not just training those three months, they're training year round and usually working other jobs on top of that and sacrificing a lot to be able to still play. Um, a lot of your team is say teammates are here today playing or they're coaching. Um, do you guys see them often or is it just kind of a special treat like today? It's always a special treat to see them. I don't see them as often as I would like. I do a lot of camps and clinics and uh, Leo, Brian Amigo coaches a lot or just comes in and helps me with those, so those are nice. And I try to get as many teammates as I can mm-hmm. out there, so that's always fun to be able to see them. And that's why I think, too, I've still had my handprint in the game, being able to do those camps and clinics and be out on the field. Uh, so I think it keeps me going, that aspect of I still feel. Yeah. Plus you also play... Um in the Wounded Warriors program, yes? Yeah. Yeah. I did one, it's just okay. a charity event. Okay. So okay. I'm hosting, actually we're hosting them in Sulphur in July, so that'll be a big event. Try and raise money some money for them. If there's one thing you would like college girls to know who are really good at the game mm-hmm. and, like I said, are, are torn, how, how do I wait to how do I make a decision? What should they be aware of Besides having a sacrifice, what, what kind of advice would you give them to say, yes, go for it, go your own way? I think it comes down to each their own and whatever their dreams and goals are, and they may be able to walk away or be burned out or mm-hmm. maybe even injuries that they're facing. I know the college season is a grind, and so, but this window is so very short. And I was just talking to Monica Abbott uh, earlier, and it's like, Monica, keep riding it while you can and keep playing while you mm-hmm. can. And it, she was talking about just the sacrifice of playing in Japan and 
you know, she sacrifices a lot of her personal life, missing out on mm-hmm. a lot of events because of it. But and I was like, Mommy, just do it while you can. You know, there's not that many years left probably, and mm-hmm. though it comes to a point where that personal sacrifice, you're not willing to make that. And so while you are, make the most of it and soak it up. And I would, I would encourage it if if any athlete had the opportunity. There's only four teams. It's a true honor to be able to put on a professional jersey and play in the National Fast Pitch League. So I would say just give it a try for three months. It's three months, and you're already in shape, so it's not like you have to go through a whole training process yeah. to get back where you are. And it's always harder to come back after. I think uh, I would say you only live once. You can only play for a short window of time. Play while you can. You get to play with you know women that you looked up to probably mm-hmm. and learn from coaching and coaches and well, other women who have been, been athletes have a responsibility in your mind to support nation nations things like this that are trying to be more involved. Definitely. I, I mean I wouldn't look down on, you know, like I said, to each their own of course and I'm not gonna judge anybody, but for my for me and myself I definitely feel a responsibility and I the game has given me so much that I owe it to the game and to the players of the game to give, continue to give it back and support. Is there any message you would give to, like, moms whose daughters are coming up through softball, things like that? I think dads even. I think mm-hmm. we all talk about it was and with the 40th anniversary of Title IX this year. Right. I spoke at a conference in Michigan, at University of Michigan a couple weeks ago, and if you're not pushing for it, it can get taken away. And that's mm-hmm. the same thing with the Olympics like we saw and you know I, I was I was saying for me in my career it was nothing but growth and it, the opportunity only you know was greater and then for something to be taken away it was like wait a minute this is not supposed to happen how can this even happen and still to this day I mean, it, it's surreal to think that it was eliminated and you know if you look at the ratings we were right there there's no reason why but yet, these opportunities can be taken away, and so we need to keep pushing and obviously be grateful for what Title IX has done and how far we've come. But I think um, a lot of it is supporting it. We need to come out and support it, and not only I know there's a lot of people, you know, upset about the Olympics now. Well, we need you out here supporting it before it gets to that point. You know, we don't want people complaining about the professional league mm-hmm. in a couple of years when it's, if it doesn't make it. Well, now's the time to support it and keep pushing. Okay. Any desire to be a sports broadcaster or broadcaster of any sort? Uh, I kind of went at it again this year with ESPN. So I did uh, the Super Regionals and I did about five other mid-season games, which I enjoyed. I, uh, it's a new challenge for me. It's obviously something a little bit out of my comfort zone, but it was I got more and more comfortable with every game, and I think it's something that you need repetition, and you don't often get that, so it's... It's a good challenge, and I, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed being around the college game, the college atmosphere, and uh, we'll see. I hope to do it again next year. How much in your comfort zone is posing for Sports <laughs> Illustrated swimsuit? For Elias, you can decide what he's getting. No, not my comfort zone at all. No. So we should or shouldn't be looking for an iron for I don't. I don't think that would happen now. <laughs> Um, uh, yeah, I was going to say, um, talking about ESPN's coverage, and I think every game, like the World Series is on and a lot of the regionals and super regionals, how important is that? Because I was thinking about you know, a lot of these girls that are here today to come meet you. 
probably don't remember watching you in the Olympics. How much is that? How key is that? Yes, we have the growth of the game. How scary is that? <laughs> <laughs> it's crucial. It's crucial to the growth of it, and I think it shows you where a game is going. And the ratings, I would love to know. I don't know the ratings of the final game, but I would love to know the ratings because it had to have been for the roof, I would imagine, prime time. Uh, and so, so and with the three-game series, it going down to the three-game and then SEC, first team in the SEC to win it. So I think, and it obviously ESPN's willingness to put it on more and more proves that people are watching it. What a great interview with Jenny Finch. Yeah, very personable, very media savvy, very friendly. They won't allow me go. You were the only guy reporter there. Yeah, it was, it was a nice select group to be with. You got the ends over there. You know, when it comes to covering professional softball in the Chicago area, yes. We want to thank all our guests today, the all, legendary. All, all two of them? All two of them. The legendary Jim Brown and the legendary Jenny Fitch. Thanks for listening.